Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What say you, Richard Ellen Murdoch? Are you guilty or not guilty of the felonies wherein you stand and die? Not guilty. How shall you be tried? By God, my country. The exact time when Paul and Maggie Murdoch were murdered. At the end of the investigation, it was obvious. I'm not here to work with them. Okay? And the whole point is to have this not fall into the wrong hands. This case is unique, it's unprecedented in South Carolina history. Mr. Griffin introduced the relationship between the defendant and Eddie Smith. Um, the state, the, the court conducted a pretrial, uh, a, a hearing outside the presence of the jury, addressed the issue, uh, made, made it clear that the roadside shooting uh, was a bridge too far. Then the defense decided to uh, build a road over that bridge decided to just go right there as if um, they could dance through fire without um, getting burned, scarred, or anything. Uh, the door was open. Welcome to Unsolved South Carolina, the Murdoch Murders, Money, and Mystery. I'm Ann Emerson. I'm an investigative reporter for WCIV. With me is our exclusive legal analyst, South Carolina's former Attorney General Charlie Condon. We have our executive producer, Drew Tripp. Manning the boards is Max Harrison, our chief photographer. Um, we want to go straight into what happened today with this roadside shooting being allowed into court. What we just heard was Newman's eloquent way. Judge Newman's eloquent um, way of telling us that indeed he is going to allow after several moments of kind of going back and forth about whether or not this Labor Day um, botched suicide, assisted suicide attempt would be allowed into court. This roadside shooting um, that played heavily into um, the prosecution's case, it looks like. So, Charlie, talk to me about why Newman believes this roadside shooting is fair game now. Uh, continuing evidence why there should be a Judge Newman fan club. I mean, his language in, in explaining his ruling, wow, that it was a bridge too far when you moved to exclude it and I granted your motion. Now you're building a road over that bridge you didn't think you could get burnt by what's on the other side of the bridge, presumably, and I'm, in effect, going to burn you if the state wants to. And what, what Judge Newman ruled was you've opened the door, you threw out Eddie Smith there as a possible suspect in this case, and you also put in the drug relationship. So he also, he also made it very clear in his ruling 
that he's relying upon fairness. I think he used the word fairness and completeness for the mm -hmm. state to be able to get into this. So I think there's a pivot here. It's not only for motive evidence, but it's also to get into the relationship for the state to be able to exclude Eddie Smith as a suspect. And that's exactly what Agent Kelly did on his last question. He said there was no evidence linking uh, Eddie Smith to the murders of Maggie and Paul. He made a very flat, strong statement mm -hmm. on that. Of course, he's not been cross-examined yet by Attorney Hart Poodling. That'll be an hour and a half tomorrow, is what he told me. So, major development. Major development. Now, let's talk a little bit about what this meant for today. This basically meant that SLED agent uh, Ryan Kelly came on board and uh, went up to the stand, did uh, basically talked about how he got a call from Dick Harpootley and Jim Griffin from rehab with Alec. This was after Alec had already done a sketch of someone who he said looked like uh, uh, the, the man who had shot him on the side of the road over Labor Day. He uh, had spent, he had gone to great lengths to talk about how someone had come up to him while he was trying to change his tire on the side of the road. And then, and then, can we talk about why we think uh, he decided to make that call to SLED? Basically, what did we hear, Drew, today about why Alec Murdoch decided he needed to come clean? Well, to hear him tell it, it was simply coming down off of drugs. Um, it, that was one of the reasons he gave. Uh, and I, I think also there, there may have been pressure on him from his family a little bit because they knew something was going on. Uh, if you missed the testimony today, it was essentially that Randy Murdoch, uh, Alex's brother, was hearing, was witnessing and hearing about some peculiar things going on, strange things going on in the aftermath of this shooting with respect to Alec in the hospital. Uh, he was offering to, he was basically bribing nurses to let, let, let him use their phone, uh, asking people that, could they he use their phone, getting making phone calls and getting in touch with random unknown numbers. They take note of it. The family does, and they go to sled. Essentially, um, Randy Murdoch does and says, "Hey, here's a name: Curtis Edward Smith. Curtis Eddie Smith. My brother's been calling him." And and that's that that sort of peels back the layers and that 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 gets the ball rolling a good bit and I I think from there where we where we end up we get Alec on the phone uh, about a week after that and he's just saying basically I wasn't in my right mind I didn't know what was going on I, I can't really remember anything I said in all those phone calls but uh, I'm 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 now able to think clearly and. He just uh, almost sounded magnanimous, altruistic, if you wanted, like he just wanted to come clean. Well, and he also said that he was desperate, desperation. That's the that's also what we heard a lot about was how desperate Alec was. Uh, afterwards, he just wanted Eddie to kill him, even though he wasn't paying him to kill him, but he was going to get Eddie to kill him, and he was going to have this uh, life insurance policy for his son, Buster, that he was better, everybody was better off if he just wasn't around anymore. So that's where he kind of landed with Sled a little bit. But let's listen to what they discovered when they went to Eddie's house. Basically, as soon as Randy calls him and says, hey, we're getting multiple calls from an unknown number on Alex's phone or 
that you know Alex trying to make calls to these all these that it's Eddie Smith. They go to Eddie Smith's house and guess what they find? Uh, let's see if the clip tells us. And was there any sort of notebook with a ledger in it or anything like that? Recovered? Yes, there was also a small spiral notebook, uh, a three and a half inch spiral notebook that had um, various. Uh, uh, it looked like um, obviously it wasn't uh, completed by a. Um, an accountant, but there was there was numbers and there was pills and, and descriptions of, of it looks like some type of sales ledger. Mr. Smith lives in a modest house, has a modest vehicle. Uh, when we're seeing several hundred thousand dollars of deposits and and financial records for Mr. Smith's Enterprise Bank, we obtained a search warrant. Uh, through the execution of that search warrant, the the funds were tied back to checks written by Mr. Murdoch. So, Charlie, my first question out of this is yes, it sounds like Eddie is definitely. Uh, the way the state's setting it up, that he could well be uh, a, his alleged drug dealer, the way they're setting it up. You know, they're saying that he's finding all of those things that look like he's having transactions. Mm -hmm. What does this have to do with the double murder? Well, what, one thing that did strike me in the recorded interview, remember the interview that attorney Griffin and Harpootlian set up with the sled agents when he's in the rehab facility, what I thought was very harmful really to the defendant's position was that they then asked him at the end, is Buster in any danger because you hadn't paid the drug dealer? And he was very clear, as I recall, saying, I've paid everybody and I'm not worried in effect of him being in danger. So to set up Eddie Smith or somebody else or the Cowboys or some drug organization as the possible shooter, I thought the trail of evidence, again, without Eddie testifying, I understand he, he would be a bad witness for the state because of so many inconsistent statements and you'd put up a non-credible person, you could cross-examine him effectively probably for a day or half, at least a half day. They've gotten past that with all this, uh, all these recordings, which I know they didn't want in. There was, you could tell there was a, an effort uh, this morning. I guess we should say that too. After Judge, well, the way Judge Newman ruled, that was actually a response to a very strong effort. I thought it was um, sort of a, like a good stand at the Alamo there for Jim Griffith. He actually got the court's transcript, read him mm -hmm. out to the judge, had an impassioned argument. Judge Newman, as I understood it, pointed out, well, you left out a couple of phrases there. Mm -hmm. And so he overruled the defense. So now you had this flood of information in. I think where we are, see what your thoughts on this, is it's not so much motive, it's not so much... Um, anything particular with this case other than we can exclude Eddie Smith as, as a suspect. We think you're going to go down that path in your case. You may go down other paths with drug information. But I keep coming back to they're not to consider any of this information for character or that he's likely to commit another crime. But there's so much darkness here. Mm. You almost get the, I just had the feeling hearing all this is, like, what wouldn't he do? I mean, he's putting his family in this horrendous position where he fakes us. Uh, that's another issue. Was it a real attempt to be killed by Eddie Smith, or was it a botched one? I mean, a purposely botched one to get more sympathy, to, to be thrown off the tracks. But you have this dark picture of this attorney who's stolen millions of dollars from innocent clients and his fellow law firm uh, partners. He's hidden this drug addiction from so many people. That appears to be real. They had a drug problem. And now, after the killings of his wife and son, where you can see that he's not been forthright with law enforcement, mm -hmm. to say the least, 
And now after being confronted, that was the very day that Chris Wilson confronted him, right? About it was the same day. Stealing the one. Well, the, night, the, the day of the roadside shooting, yes, yeah, one hundred ninety-two thousand. I don't know. Do you think Drew or, or Anne? Well, such I mean, darkness I guess my question here. is, there's a lot of darkness. Does this speak to the character that the jury's not allowed to touch? I, I, I find him a hard time to... to uh, they're, this double human. life, this, this it, multiple it, sort of... It kept creeping into my mind. Golly, this is the kind of person that might indeed kill his own son and wife, right? But well, they, kept on, they certainly have kept on saying in testimony, so did you really know Alec Murdoch? Did mm -hmm. you really know Alec Murdoch? And that, that speaks to what you're saying. I just wonder how much the jury's going to be instructed to not listen to that. Yeah, they'll part. be instructed to be considered for these purposes only. But I, I, I mean, I'm just saying hard. I was struck by the amount of information there that was very negative about the defendant. Yeah. I still think there's Thank ground. You. I still think there's ground to plow for the for the state specifically to potentially address the idea one that you just casually floated out there, Charlie. As was it a real attempted mm -hmm. suicide, attempted assisted mm -hmm. suicide, or was it? Or did Eddie deliberately miss? Mm -hmm. What do you think? I, to your point about character, I'm a. I think I before this and always have been taking taking it in the taking in the full picture of everything that happened. I've always been a little bit inclined to think that maybe that wasn't such a botched mm -hmm. botched accidental suicide as it was a very well well executed appearance of a botched uh, suicide uh, and but both I'm open to both possibilities I taking a step back though I think bigger bigger picture again the jury's not supposed to take in this into character evidence account bigger picture I think the state today effectively we, we have to wait for cross-examination obviously we have to hear the defensive side of things and again, to my own point about there being still being a little bit of ground to plow with it, I think mm -hmm. on the state side. All that said, I think the state pretty well put to bed this whole Eddie Smith Cowboys gang thing today, and they are they made it clear at the end of testimony with with Ryan Kelly from Sled, they think no one else was involved, and well, that's what this really all dates back or calls back to is the two shooter theory or the multiple shooter theory or what we've discussed so much earlier on in the trial was could somebody else have been involved like there's no way he could have done done all this by himself mm -hmm. i i think we're honing in now on nope it was alec That's and it was what... only alec and there's a point i want to call back to yesterday when jim griffin was launching into this line of questioning and well, you guys didn't look at you didn't look at the like these drug dealers who are under indictment, and you didn't look at Eddie Smith and his. Did you track their cell phones? And uh, David Owen said, "No, in fact, we did. We did geofencing, and there were no other phones out there. The only other phones out there that night, besides the families, were first responders. There was nobody else out there, at least not with a phone on them." Well, but I'm going to just interject there. You did hear them say, yes, but what about the burner phones? They never use cell phones. Mm -hmm. They use burner phones. So I heard that interjected a little bit. Yeah, I mean, but it, it, they being ga gang members or like like they would know for sure. They wouldn't know for sure, right? But but that was one thing I did hear. Perhaps I misinterpreted that, but I, I, I took it to mean that they did a basically a, a reverse they look for any cell phone okay. signals out there uh, and just 
and maybe again, I, I could be completely wrong. Someone in the is watching along, listening along in the comments. If you have, sure. uh, if you have some insight on that, but my my interpretation of it was is they scanned for any cell phone readings right. in yeah. the general area and they yeah. found none. Yeah. Yeah. If if I'm right and what we hear today is right, they think there's absolutely no evidence anyone else was involved and they're putting this to bed. But we have to see how the state. I, I think there's well, and the defense. Did say an hour, hour and a half to me. I thought that's a that's a lot of questioning, right? Max, did you have a question for us? Yeah, yes. somebody in the comments section asked, if um, Alex Murdoch was Eddie's biggest client, why would he kill him? Um, uh -huh. Well, I don't think that, I think Eddie, and I don't know. Okay, oh gosh, I'm going to start speculating question. here no, as a uh, journalist. Yeah, this is I mean, dangerous you, ground here. things that you could talk about, right? Because one thing, the testimony from Alex was, it was just a very impromptu, please kill me. Right. It was like within a matter, didn't he say like a half an hour earlier? Yeah. He called him up and mm -hmm. gave him a gun and they go down there with this. Yeah. That and I, I, was, I found that really shocking. Yeah. That, 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 that he's, so I hate to keep going back to what I was thinking is just so much darkness here. Like here, here's a person out there that would agree to kill somebody within a half hour's conversation and they go down there to, presumably to do it or not to do it. It's just, there's, and that's why I think where this trial has ended up is it's been at times I think a little confusing from the state standpoint wouldn't you agree mm -hmm. on Absolutely. financial and this and that but yeah. I will say that the the completeness of the picture there's not much missing right that we know about it's all out front of this jury we just need that I know it happens in closing arguments I understand they still have some time with the state I that's what I I've said to these guys several times is I need to have I need to be led to water a little bit. I think that's right. And I really want to see exactly where they're coming from. Max, do you have something else for us? Uh, yeah, going back to uh, Blanca's testimony when he asked about the um, insurance yeah. cards. And oh, there's wow. Only, there's been this confusion wow. Of, Can you imagine? That, that would did show... he have insurance or not? People have been wondering that as well. That's a good point. Uh, well, are you talking about life insurance? Yeah, no, the health insurance, insurance card. He, that's a good point. That would show that he wasn't planning to die because you wouldn't need your health insurance card for the morgue. Right, and but it was it. But then they're talking about life insurance policies. No, no, I, th I think he, he I requested. Think he's about health she insurance. requested his life insurance, his health insurance card for the hospital. That's right. a great boy. Uh, that's a great pickup. So, I, I would think the state would be thinking the same way too. So, the, anyway. so at what point he called Blanca before this went down? Yeah, right before. It. Between said, Chris, yeah, between Chris Wilson and I'm going insurance. to the hospital. Who calls there? There their, you go. That's great. You know that that reads so much into what he was thinking too. Absolutely, if they're pulling health insurance cards, they did bring that on evidence before the roadside. So they must be onto that as well. That it was sure. not a suicide. And it also, Tinsley testimony. I guess he said Alex didn't, when he looked into it, Alex didn't have any life insurance. So you ten, know, that's the $10 also a stupid yeah, that he said yeah. I'm going to leave for. Funny, I left buses. court that day with that same impression on the testimony. I've, I've, I was further clarified that no, it was meant. That, that he spoke maybe a bit broadly, that in fact there was life insurance on Alex, right? Okay, yeah, that's what I, that's the way I understood it. There mm -hmm. was no life insurance policies on Everyone Maggie else. and Paul, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But it was that they still had mm -hmm. one on Alex. Mm -hmm. So I think that clears that part of it mm -hmm. up a little bit. Did we have any more clips that we wanted to play, Max? Yeah, just uh, when they went into um, Eddie's house. Oh, oh yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. 
It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Course of the 911 call, the ambulance, and multiple interviews at the hospital, did Alec Murdoch ever mention or identify Curtis Edward Smith at all until his lies about the side of the road were exposed? No. Did Alec Murdoch ever say that there was any risk or threat to Buster? He said no. No, he did not. He actually denied it when we asked. Did Alec Murdoch say that Curtis Eddie Smith had anything to do with the murders of Moselle? He denied it when we asked. And is there any evidence that Curtis Eddie Smith had anything to do with Moselle? None whatsoever. There you go. Yeah. I mean, that's how they ended that testimony, correct? Right. And by the way, I should this may be a too fine a point, but it's my understanding, I'll, I'll need to double check this, but that in South Carolina there's a law that says that there's not an exclusion for paying out life insurance for suicide. Right. Somebody told me that someone who practices an era like Alex did wouldn't know that, so that his presumed motivation could be suspect. Yeah, I think Dick Harpootlin even addressed that a little bit. Is like he, he was speculating on the call is with SLED that we overheard today. It's like, uh, you know, he uh, apparently didn't know that there was a two-year, uh, two-year exclusionary policy. Yeah, after two years, was. you can commit suicide, and you, you you still get your payout. I know, and then there's also I have to say because we just heard this about the suspect was was Eddie Smith ever a suspect? Did they mm -hmm. owe money to Eddie? Did was Buster in danger? The other thing was um, the sketch, and I don't know who that sketch was supposedly of, but boy, was it specific. I mean, that was that was strange. Kudos to that, kudos to that sketch artist because that was immaculate. I'm <laughs> we, kind of like, who is that? Who is it? Uh, nobody. It's a figment of Alec Murdoch's imagination. Somebody drew it out of thin air. Good for them. Well, there's a lot of speculation going on all over uh, social media right now about who he might have been, who he might have had in the back of his mind. That is certainly one thing that there's been a lot of speculation out there that maybe he was pointing some kind of finger toward a boat crash survivor or someone involved with it. Connected to somebody. So it's a good question for Alec Murdoch, but unfortunately we don't know if he's going to be taking the stand, so we're not... We're not quite sure if that's going to happen. I mean, I, I did want to circle back because it was mm -hmm. something that you had mentioned earlier about Ken Kenzie. Oh, yeah, we're um, going to talk about him a little bit. I, I really right. think so. You know, Ken Kenzie took the stand. He's, um, you know, they were they were ribbing him because he's got a lot of titles. He's a doctor. He's a professor. He's the chief of, uh, uh, the chief deputy over at the Orangeburg uh, County. And, but what Ken Kenzie did for the state was to set up what, Charlie? To he set up, I thought, brilliantly, and mm -hmm. he was very folksy, but the, he really connected with these jurors, one of the best expert witnesses from a persuasive standpoint. So I do believe the, they were accepting what he was saying, which is basically, to capsulize it, was that Paul Murdoch was 
in that small room was shot first at a certain angle and a certain head orientation. He went through everything. Mm-hmm. Actually, I thought he did so much better in explaining versus the forensic pathologist, kind of the, because she said she's not a crime scene person, but she put it all together, the shotgun pellets through the window, and then the, um, and then the second shot. But to capsulize this, and then the angles had to be uh, from a shooter that would be shooting relatively low. But I think where we're headed with this, mm-hmm. and I'd be surprised if I'm wrong on this, or you have this expert, he's a folksy, Sort of a local grown. Yeah, I mean, born and bred. He's like, I'm, not, I'm from really far away. I'm from Orangeburg. <laughs> well, which anybody that knows this area, how far away is Orangeburg? Uh, like, or- Orangeburg and Carleton County share a border. Yeah, how so endearing. It's, it's right around the corner. How endearing. So I suspect the defense will be, in fact, they're talking about flying in people. Mm-hmm. And I suspect there's going to be an expert witness that will challenge what he just told this jury that no, it had to be two people shooting at Paul. Not just one possible. He didn't say for sure one person did it, but he made it very plausible for one person to have been able to do it. I think that's a fair uh, statement. So see where that goes. But I, I know this, that right now those jurors are very comfortable with what that expert told them. I, you know, the most crazy thing to me today was, what, number one, watching Dick Harpootlian drag poor Phil Barber up there and use him as a, a mannequin to demonstrate how was he, how was I holding the gun or how could he been? And you've with, he's put, a, with, a shotgun. with a real shotgun, by the way, yeah. and I don't care if it's unloaded. I don't care if it's, it's, you, you don't do that. But <laughs> one thing is abundantly clear about Dick Harpootley and his courtroom, his courtroom etiquette and, Tactics are a bit brazen, and he, he'll 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 make you uncomfortable in there. Uh, I don't know if that's by design so much. Uh, of course, it's by design. Anyway, they, but my point is that they go through all of this, and the glaring thing to me that they just overlooked is uh, how do you explain? And, and I, Max, I don't know if you can pull up the photo or if you have it, mm-hmm. but it, I know it's on my Twitter. Um, but essentially, this. Ken Kenzie comes up with what he believes was the angle of the final shot that killed Paul. And it shows a little cone of trajectory about where the muzzle of the gun barrel would have been located Mm -hmm. and the trajectory upward that the shot path took. And for all his antics and demonstrative what have you up there and speculating on where, how was the gun held and how could it be that the gun was at such a low angle, both the state and the defense ignored the most obvious solution to me, which was that somebody was had just simply kneeled down and was kneeling and aiming up, uh, or that they could have been, it, I, I don't know. Holding just, the gun. That's very good. Yeah. It, it, but don't you think the jurors, I mean, we've got some really, look to me like, I, I think we have a lot of hunters out there that use weapons and are used to, mm-hmm. what do you think? So yeah. I'm thinking they'll go where you are at some point during the yeah, deliberations. It's, it's about the only thing that really makes a lot of sense. Uh, I have some questions and thoughts on some of the some of the things. I, I, I think it's more plausible. Dick, Dick Harpootlian kind of slipped in under his breath when he was using that full-sized, long-barreled 12, 12-gauge shotgun that he just sort of slipped in unchallenged that he felt it was the state's theory that a gun very similar to that was used in the shooting. And as we've heard, a gun very similar to that is missing. Um, it's more plausible to me. All of it makes more sense to me if it was not a long-barreled shotgun but a short-barreled shotgun. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
whatever. That's just one one dude speculating. But we don't know, and we won't know, will yeah, we? Yeah, I mean, unless they don't have the murder somehow weapon. the murder weapon shows up between now and next week, we're not going to have. <laughs> of course, in this case, that's possible, right? Well, <laughs> and, you know, and I totally agree with you. I, I mean, Drew's been around, you know, hunting your whole life. Right. I'm a city girl and have not been hunting my whole life. And, uh, you know, I'm to have that, that gun <laughs> right there was uh, a little, I, 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 I don't know if the jurors felt it as much because he wasn't pointing it in that direction, but it was it was brazen. That's the only thing I can say is to have a right, uh, shotgun pointed in any direction in a courtroom is is quite strong commentary, I think. Um, with you know, and it was funny because it well not funny, but I mean it was it was extraordinary to see that taking place because the family, of course, is is right there, and you're mm-hmm. thinking at some point, are they going to pull Alec Murdoch up there and say, "Hey, show us how a I man had, who's that I had tall. the exact same thought. And does he have, does does Dick Harpootlian have the stones the <laughs> to, to put Alec Murdoch up there in front of that jury with a gun in his hand? It's an OJ moment. It's the OJ moment, saying that he's too tall, he's too big. There's no way that a man that tall and big could ever get down there and shoot from that angle. We may still see it. And he, he laid the groundwork for it today because he sure. says, he, Dick said, I'm about the same height as Paul. Uh, y'all, if we see that, I, it, it, my head's going to explode. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully hopefully we will not. I, I, I think that is beyond all bounds of good taste. But that's just me uh, opining on something that's... Really, I'm just here to be an objective observer of. I think, though, however, it leads into. It leads into. We're, we're probably going to see more on that and what the theory of more artful overlooking of that clear possibility that I put out there about the shooter just kneeled down, whoever it may have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dick artfully overlooking that and then trying to bring in that outside expert to your point mm-hmm. of trying to make up a story about to explain that, oh, because of the shell casings here, because he keeps hammering that point. He keeps trying to go back to that, saying there's, it looks like the there had to have been more than one shooter just because of the shell casings. And mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So we'll see. That's right. Experts. Well, you know, we've got a cross-examination tomorrow with uh, Dick Harpoolian, um, with Alec Murdoch's team. They're going to be crossing. Will it be Dick crossing tomorrow? Oh, clearly. And he's, okay. as I said, he talked about an hour, hour and a half. Okay, so Dick's going to be crossing tomorrow. Dick Harpootlian's going to be crossing tomorrow on uh, slut agent Ryan Kelly. I think it's fascinating because Harpootlian and Griffin are both in that telephone conversation that they had, that interview with Sled. Not only that, it very wow, much felt like Harpootlian point, was... he's kind of a witness. You're right. That's an excellent uh, legal point. Well, thank you. Yeah. You know, I think Harpootlian is interesting Cause because... he's going to be able to say, well, you were there, Mr. Harpootlian, and you told... Uh, and then they come up. I bet Judge Zuman will have some wise words. If that I happens. think he will, too, because that's a tricky thing. I mean, you felt like you were sitting there in real time listening to this conversation. We've got the players mm-hmm. in front of us. Kelly, Harpootlian, Alec, Griffin. They're all right mm-hmm. there, and we're listening to it in real time mm-hmm. as this goes. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know how Dick cross-examines himself. Yeah. What, what what's the precedent for that, Charlie? Uh, uh, we can't we can't do it. But I, I think he'll probably stay away from that whole interview. Wouldn't you think? Because yeah. he's on it, and I think he's going to get him on what they didn't do. That seems a big theme, which Cut has been holes. effective to agree that there's things they could have done better or didn't do altogether. Use him as a as a sounding board off of that. And I've got to think he's not going to like the exclusion. 
Not necessarily of Eddie Smith, but of other suspects. Mm -hmm. There are other people that could have done it. Well, we'll I want before we go. Um, if everybody's finished on the on for today, I just want to say thank you so much to the the um, historical society in Walterboro. I got I, I one of the wonderful ladies who um, uh, donated this sofa wow. and the well, chair nice. and helped put together um, this set. Absolutely, Thoughtful. I just want to say if you're listening tonight, thank you so much for. Um, Donating a few things here to keep us comfortable here in Walterboro yep. as we carry on covering this story. Uh, shout out to Sarah Miller with the Carlton County Historical and Preservation Society, CHAPS. Uh, hashtag Team Awesome. <laughs> I know I'm not, I'm not a, a, especially a member, but again, thank you so much. We have been able to exist and Cover survive here story. in Walterboro for the last month now because they were so gracious to provide us a place to stay at a reasonable cost uh, for what yeah. for what we're getting and it's a, a great 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 asset to us and it's been a great deal for us and we thank them yeah, so everybody much at CIV says thank you and at unsolved South Carolina the Murdoch murders money and mystery I hope that uh, you're gonna stay with us tomorrow we are gonna be back on air oh hold on Max has got something for me right now just one quick question for Charlie um, from a prosecutor standpoint if Alex takes that stand what would be your thoughts oh. <laughs> we have too not enough time to talk about it that's why I don't think he will take the stand I, I, I think that it's just way the risk reward is but one thing I will say he's a former prosecutor he's a trial lawyer and just watching him in court he appears to have a really strong personality would you say absolutely mm -hmm. so he himself may say i want to get up there and win this case uh for myself so he's a, that he's could got happen. a huge personality and i am watching him very closely today he obviously did not want in my mind the way i read his body language mm -hmm. he did not want that roadside shooting in right right and that right. looked like a very uncomfortable situation between the three right. of them right when yeah. i replayed that right. clip that w that was on this podcast yeah. if you go back and look at that you'll see what i mean he is stone-faced griffin's kind of sitting there going huh it looks like it's coming mm -hmm. in and right right boy that was tough yeah, to yeah, see so yeah. but short gonna... answer would be inconsistencies that because you got the dog kennel video so the short answer would be the inconsistency but i would start with that and it would be a day of cross-examination at least incredible well we will be back with you tomorrow thank you so much everyone and uh and we'll have much more for you as we wrap out this week week four uh we'll be on day 20 tomorrow see you then Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. 
As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.